This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now, on to the show. This week's Jewish Songwriter is Charlie Kramer. So, Charlie, welcome to Jewish Songwriter. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Sheldon. Nice to be here with you, man. So, how are you doing? What are you up to? I'm great. Uh, Just a lot of singing with kids, which has been a real pleasure and uh, writing music and singing with people as much as I can, which is big passion. So I'm, I'm lucky and grateful. So can you um, let people know a little bit about how you became a Jewish musician? I mean, like where'd you grow up, but really focus on what it is that led you to this life? Yeah, sure. I, I grew up a uh, classic religious school kid not wanting to go, baseball p- pants on while I was going to religious school. Um, <laughs> I was much more into baseball than I was uh, song and guitar, and I, I actually played saxophone for a while and almost majored in saxophone in college. Oh, cool. Yeah. Me too. Cool. Not the major part, but I but it's saxophone. Alto or tenor? Well, I started alto, and then I moved, actually skipped tenor and went to Barry. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's such a cool instrument. Wow. Yeah, so I, I ended up playing tenor sax for a while, and then, you know, I my guitar just started being played more and more, and I was about seventh grade. Uh, my cantor noticed it, and she said, hey, why don't you just start playing with us? And I was in a rock band as a seventh grader playing Green Day, and, you know, Seven Nation Army and just like really loving rock music. Uh And that completely shifted into acoustic music. I learned how to song lead. And then I was Temple Judea in Tarzana, California with cantor Allison Wissett. Mm -hmm. And the song leader that was teaching me everything was Mike Mason. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Later on, I, I started going to camp and that really shifted everything for me. I went to Camp Hess Kramer in Malibu, California, where... I, I still work today, which is awesome. I've, I've come back and, and made the circle around, and I'm lucky enough to be the head song leader there and, and helping them grow a music program. And then really what triggered everything is I went to Australia for a year in a program where they train song leaders into full Jewish professionals. Whoa. So I was, yeah, I was, I was thrown into this crazy world where I was totally a camp song leader, and I really mm-hmm. had the the basics of what song leading was and what Jewish music was if I was doing it in front of a dining hall. Mm-hmm. But I just did not have the professional skills at that point. And I just graduated college. I've been song leading through college as well. And I went to this synagogue called Temple Beth Israel with Rabbi Gersh Lazaro. Uh, and they really worked me in, in the best way possible. And I was doing things with the religious school. I was running services on Fridays. I was doing things on Saturdays all throughout the week. And then I came to a point of deciding when to come back. Uh, But throughout the experience, I had really learned that my love in Jewish, in the Jewish world was the music, was Mm -hmm. the song leading. I thought that I wanted to grow, maybe go to rabbinic school, cantorial school, something along those lines. And I learned throughout the process that I just want to be a song leader 
I really want to write music for kids. I want to write music for adults, for, for holidays, for anything, so we can grow in the moments that we create together. So mm-hmm. then I've been back in LA. It's been about three years. Okay. And this, um, this trip to Australia, this was a song leading training program, or this is just you went there and found this congregation? or yeah, What was that? It was, it's a fellowship, actually. Uh, so, so there's another song leader there right now. Uh, Ari Sharfstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, before me, there was a few others, Sarah Edelstein and Josh Nizon and Marshall Voigt. They kind of paved the way. Uh-huh. And then when I went, uh, the program had shifted away from a school setting into more of a temple setting, which mm-hmm. was actually really great for me. So I learned more of the basics of synagogue life, mm-hmm. which has been really, really beneficial now. And yeah, I did some song leading, but a lot of it was planning lesson plans for for you know the religious school that day, uh, creating Hebrew curriculums, creating a program for B'nai Mitzvot. And through all that learning, I, I still, I was just yearning to sing more. Talk to me a little bit about your foray into composition. I would sit in my room. I, I had a loop pedal. I was, I'm a huge Ed Sheeran fan. So if anybody knows Ed Sheeran, he, he works with a loop pedal. I've and heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you've heard of it once or twice. I, I, I don't know. I just kind of sat there and I just started writing things. And at first it was very liturgical, things that I haven't released. Uh, maybe I will sometime in the future. But uh, And then I started writing things that were really coming from my heart, mm-hmm. coming from my soul. And I, through that experience, learned that even if the words are not in Hebrew, even if you're not necessarily taking it from a specific test, it's coming from my Jewish heart and my Jewish soul, mm-hmm. which to me makes it completely, utterly Jewish music. I completely agree. I actually think is one of the things as I was uh, going back and listening to your album again that I really appreciate about your music. It is unquestionably Jewish, but it is also unquestionably sort of American and contemporary. And it, it's something that... that I only started much later in my Jewish music career, which is to sort of take the the text uh, as a point of inspiration and then really focus and put the bullseye of, of each composition on on something more contemporary, something that was resonating to me, you know, but wasn't necessarily the heart of the text. Exactly. Well, that's our job too. We're we're creating midrash when we write. So why not expand even more? Why not try and create something that uh, pushes p- someone to be challenged in a new way when they're listening as well? I think that's a beautiful thing. When someone will come up to me and goes, I don't know if I really connect with that, or I don't know. To me, that, that means mission accomplished because I'm, we're helping them to think and to grow and, and to interact with the text in a way that they never would have before. I completely and, agree. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's almost like we're the modern, uh, we're writing a modern Talmud. Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to bandzoogle.com and use promo code Jewish Songwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish Songwriter. 
Banzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. Tell me a little bit about Closer. What's the inspiration behind it? So Closer came about uh, when I read an article, actually. I think it was 2016. It was literally the summer after I got back from Australia. And it was a, you know, we're still going through a lot of turmoil right now, but it was the really the beginning of the crux of it. And it didn't feel like the world was in, in a state that we wanted it to be in. And I read mm-hmm. this article that said 2016 was the best year to date to be on planet Earth. And I literally was just, I was laughing. I could not understand how that made sense. And then I read the article and it talked about how 2016 was the year that people had the most drinking water, you know, access to drinking water, clean drinking water. They had the most access to food, to health care, to a place to sleep. You know, there's all these things that we take for granted that we are actually really improving with the technology that we are infusing into the world. So with all the negativity that we feel in the media, there's also so much positivity that we are creating each day, you know, just as the creator and the, the source of everything created us with beauty, we're continually doing the same in the world. So I had this idea that, you know, yes, we're going to be the change that we want to see and that we are actually closer than we think we are to creating that world than we ever imagined possible. I just love that so much. And I was actually going to gonna read that uh, lyric. Um, it just hit me like a truck yesterday when I was listening. But I'll be the change I want to see because I believe we're closer than we think. So let it out. Our love's the final piece. Our path is not too dark if we are one. Just beautiful. And the, the, the final line, uh, our path is not too dark if we are one. Let's come together and get this thing done, you know? Yeah. How have you, um, you know, shared this piece, you know, in what settings and what tips can you give when teaching it and using it? The way that I would recommend leading it is actually if there's space that I purposely left in the verses that they're calling response. So it goes from where we stand, from where we stand, we feel frozen, we feel frozen. So there's actually that space for you to call it and for them to sing it right back. And it just flows directly into each other. So when I use this piece, I often do it almost as like a sermon anthem kind of piece, or if I'm sharing a song in a, in a group of people that are together singing, uh, or even with kids, I've shared it with kids at camp as well. I make sure that I teach the chorus and the bridge first mm-hmm. so that they have those little pieces there and they can always come back around to it and really feel that comfort. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is just let's, let's sing because I sing a line, you sing it right back and it flows right into each other. Okay, let's talk about your writing process. Do you have a particular way that you like to write? My habitual patterning says yes, <laughs> but my my artistry says no thank you. Right. Uh, <laughs> Explain that for, for non-songwriter <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> I, you know, you just, at a certain point, you get into patterns. Just Let's just take it like, you know, Every day when you wake up, what's the first thing you do? When I wake up, first thing I do is I go straight to the shower, mm-hmm. right? That's my pattern. And then I come back and I do a little bit of practice, whatever that is, yoga or meditation, and then I eat breakfast. So each day I do those things, but it's often on the days that I wake up and I do the yoga or the meditation or I eat the breakfast before I go in the shower that I find a little bit more meaning because when you break down those patterns, you open up a, it's almost like a vault 
hmm. of experience and understanding that you couldn't have seen when you're in your normal autopilot mode. Mm-hmm. So the same kind of flows when I'm writing a song or when you're writing a song. Normally, I pick up my guitar and I say, ooh, that's a cool guitar line. And then I'll start trying to write something towards it. But it's often the songs that I write when I'm walking down the street, singing into my phone, looking like a crazy person, you know, or, uh, you know, sitting at a piano. Yeah, of course. That's like <laughs> the life of every songwriter, I think, nowadays, right. singing into your phone. <laughs> and, then, and then also, you know, sitting at my piano. And I'm not a great piano player. But if I'm like, oh, that sounds really different. And then I try and transfer it to the guitar right? Things along those lines. I I love using a partial capo on my guitar now. That's really opened up my songwriting. Uh, Anything that just puts me out of my comfort zone, I think is a really big thing because our souls need challenging, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to really expand and to grow. Nice. So I don't believe that there is like a strict, you know, division between this, but a lot of people ask, you know, are you a lyrics person first? Are you a melody person first? Are you both at the same time? Are you neither? I'm, I struggle with lyrics, hmm. you know, they take me the longest. I think the, the last few things that I was getting together when I was recording my, the first album we will overcome, it's just the, the lyrics to some of the verses, hmm. just getting them locked in. Um, for me, melody is kind of everything. You want to sing the lyrics and the lyrics are powerful, but to my personal experience, when, when you hear a melody, there's, there's lyrics within the melody itself. Right. There's a story within that on its own. Like the language of music is, is powerful enough by itself. And then the challenge for me of trying to put words to the, to the melody that, you know, is already speaking to me so heavily is, mm-hmm. is tough and takes a while. So often I will do what we were talking about earlier. I'll sing the melody into my phone and I will leave it there hmm. and I'll let it rest for like a month or two. And then I'll listen back And I'll realize that I had that there and it's easier for me to come back to it and to write then. Do you have any tips or tricks or advice for any veteran or novice uh, songwriters or in between? Absolutely. Uh, This is another Ed Sheeran shout out. Go for it. Emulate the best. Yeah, yeah. He just never stops writing. Mm -hmm. We write music all the time in our heads. Mm-hmm. When we're walking down the street, we're literally writing music as musicians. You're just thinking of something. And for the last few weeks, I've just been thinking like a bass player, just like feeling bass lines. I don't know why. It's just that's what's been in my head. And that's writing. Mm-hmm. Even though I haven't written it down, it's still in my universe, right? Mm-hmm. So the best thing that you can do is never turn that brain off. Nice. In our emails back and forth, you mentioned to me something that I didn't actually know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you'd mentioned that you are actually legally blind. And I am. I uh, would never have known that. I think most people don't know that, but I could be wrong. Tell us a little bit about that as an experience and how that may or may not have factored into your um, career as a Jewish songwriter. It's something that I'm becoming more and more open with as time goes on. But I was born... Uh, with a retinal eye disease that runs in my family called retinitis pigmentosa. Mm -hmm. And it causes me to lose my peripheral vision. And it also causes me to be blind at night. Mm. So if anyone's ever been to a a camping experience with me, or you've seen me in a room like trip over something, and you're like, that was weird. You know, (laughs) that's just because Mm -hmm. I actually didn't see it. It wasn't in my line of sight. Uh, So I've never driven. And I often will Uber or Lyft. Living, living in LA has been an experience with that. I was going to say, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> you know what? 
shout out to the metro system in LA. You're better than people give you credit for. Nice. So I, that's a that's a big thing. And in my experience with with Judaism and writing, I've I've kind of not I've shied away from making it a huge part of my experience. I wanted the music to speak for itself, but mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, we're closer than we think with, you know, with that song and, and some of the themes that I'm talking about and we will overcome mm-hmm. being personal struggles with the fact that I, I don't see everything. And, and it's a progressive uh, situation where it gets worse over time. And I'm now finally taking on this attitude of like, it's going to get better. I'm going to fix mm-hmm. this. I'm going to grow with it. And I'm thinking of, you know, creating new experiences where people can sing with their eyes closed, hmm. singing in the dark. I'm I'm experiencing and, and trying to do that. I'm going to start something up in LA on a monthly basis where we just get together and put on blindfolds and just sing and take away the visual aspect. So that's a bit of my journey. That is very cool. Yeah. And if anybody's ever interested or like curious about this, I'm it's a good practice for me to talk about my vision. Mm-hmm. So if you ever are curious and, and you run into me, I'm, I'd be happy to talk about it with you too. It actually is a good thing for me. So yeah, don't be shy. All right. So the rules for the lightning round are you basically just need to give me your answer as quickly as possible. No thinking about it because that's considered cheating. And, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> and this is just supposed to be fun. So All right, great. I'm in. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Oh, Raisin bran. Crunch or just the standard? Just just give me the bran and the raisins. That's all I need. Uh, last song you listened to? All Fired Up by Matt Corby. Your most used emoji? A heart. The red heart. Classic heart. Yeah. Shiny or, or matte? Ooh, I didn't even know that there was a difference. Just the first one. If you search up, you know, when you type heart, that's often how I do it too. I cheat. I like text in, I like type out heart and it shows up and I'm like, great, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Who would play you in your biopic? I don't know. Leo? Is he short enough? I'm pretty short. (laughs) (laughs) How short's Leo? (laughs) What's your guilty pleasure song, the song you're embarrassed to love? Unwritten, Natasha Bedingfield. Is that it? Is that her name? I yeah. am unwritten. So good. Just yeah, rolling through song. the beaches with that song in a convertible. There's nothing mm-hmm. better in life. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. And being driven in a convertible nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't. Yeah. I've, which doesn't happen often, but it would be a great way to listen to the song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I haven't experienced it, but boy, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Just how I imagine listening to it, you know? <laughs> All right, man. Well, this has just been so much fun. I want to thank you again so much for being on uh, Jewish Songwriter. Absolutely. Thank you again, Sheldon. This is Closer by Charlie Kramer. From where we stand, we feel frozen, fragile minds. Filled with voices Asking how We can hear what's broken Will we change or will we watch? Close your eyes Let it fester All the pain All the questions Of when we'll break Change or will we watch? But 
I'll be the change I wanna see. Cause I believe we're closer than we think. So let it out. Our love's the final piece. Our path is not too dark if we are one. Can we keep on living Knowing that we know nothing Of how they'll plan to end this suffering Won't they finally heed our call But I'll be the change I want to see Cause I believe we're closer than we think So let it out Our love's the final piece Our path is not too dark if we are one it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hi, this is Sue Horowitz. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 